What's up, guys? We're back. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for week-long. This may be the showdown hoedown, but, you know, we got to do a little week-long stuff, too, because let's face it, that's where the better contests are and the bigger money, and we're all just trying to, like, chase those ridiculously huge prizes for first. But, uh, yeah, we are here, and we are going to do this thing. First of all, for all of you that are new, hopefully that's a couple of you. Um, my name is the Degenerate 75 Surely you see it right below me right there. Go follow me on Twitter if you're not already doing that. And if you came over here from Twitter... Go follow me on YouTube. Go make a little account and subscribe because I got to get to a thousand subscribers for all of you that don't know by the Open Championship. We're on fire right now. We are growing. I am well on pace to get there, but I ain't there yet. I think I'm like, I don't know, 550 or something like that. Help me get to a thousand. Uh, spread this around. Share the love. I'm not giving any picks, so you can share it with your friends. Maybe I'll just teach them how to be like, you know, like only kind of a dumbass at DFS. Just something to consider. Help a man out. Um... For all of you that don't know, I am uh, a guy who's trying to find a new niche in the whole DFS market. What do I do? Well, I kind of realized that you know half the content out there for DFS isn't particularly entertaining, uh, and the half that is, you know, there are some really good content creators out there that are doing some interesting stuff. But honestly, they're kind of dumb AF. And uh, if you're looking for somebody who can provide you somewhat entertaining uh, stuff, but definitely knows their DFS shit, that's me. I've been a high limit player for about the last five years. I've been fortunate enough to be very profitable over that time, uh, kind of play at the highest levels and against all the top players. So I kind of know my stuff. At the same time, I'm a pretty good teacher. I can help people who are just starting, people who are kind of, you know, been playing but not very serious, or people trying to really step up to that next level. I never big dog anybody. I try to help everybody get better. Basically, I am providing everything that a lot of sites charge you for. I just give you for free as long as you, you know, like, like my videos and leave comments and subscribe to my channel. That's basically all I want in return. It's a pretty sweet deal. So do that. More exciting news. I finally have these up on podcast. So if you are not a person who likes to watch YouTube, well, moving forward, we are now going to have this available on uh, Apple podcast and on Spotify, maybe on other ones. I don't know. My editor does it all. I don't know any of that stuff, but I know what's up. I've seen it. Uh, I wanted you to go leave a five-star review. That was going to be what you needed to do to get the, uh, to be in the drawing. That's the big drawing that's coming up. Um, but I guess, you know, Apple told me to go fuck off and it takes like five days to post reviews. So I would never even see them in time for the drawing. So we're going to have to come up. We're just gonna have to think on the fly. That's what we do here. Okay. Cause you know, things don't always work out perfect. <sighs> Where are we going from here? Oh yeah. All right. So like subscribe. Here's the big one. It was a huge week for the showdown hoedown specifically round three and round four showdown. Uh, I have so many exciting things that I want to share that, um, it's kind of overwhelming. So first of all, I just want to give out some shout outs. I'm not going to spend all day on this, but I got to say, uh, these were some of the ones that really stood out to me. They were cool enough to tweet it at me and, uh, let me know that the show helped them do better. And really that's all I'm about. You know, like I, I can still, I can help you guys out and still be a profitable, uh, showdown player. And if I teach you guys too well and you start, uh, you know, winning all the monies and leaving none for me, I'll just go find some new venture. I'll be okay with that. Um, all right. So a couple people I wanted to shout out. I got Matthew Cohen who got fifth place in the $1. And a lot of you would probably see that and be like, oh, so you won like 50 bucks. Big deal. Don't big dog anybody. Okay. We were, we, we were all once a scrub. Okay. He won like eight times his uh, money that he put in for the week. And uh, if you don't know, I've probably eight X my money, maybe, maybe once this year. I mean, I mean, that's a little deceiving because I play so much, but like, that's still awesome. Anytime you eight X your money, be happy, do a little celebration, do a fist pump when your guy rolls in the big birdie on 18. It's okay. It's okay. Now he can move up. So don't judge. 
My dude Israel, uh, he just every day is sending me a screenshot from Showdown, just showing him smashing it. Won another, I think he won three straight days of Showdown. Uh, won three hundred bucks, um, probably ten x his money. Just kind of looking at what his bankroll versus how much he got out. Ten x your money once again. Fist bump for that one. Uh, my dude Carl Anderson won the five dollar single entry. Which, by the way, I feel like single entries. If you're just kind of wanting to dip your toe into the whole um, uh, Showdown thing for round three and round four, that five dollar that showdowns uh, or single entry, excuse me, are the best ones to do. And he totally took it down five bucks into a thousand, you know, just your standard 200 X your money, just a normal Sunday. Uh, these last two I got to get to are particularly special to me. Uh, my man, uh, he's kind of been with me since like before it was even cool to be with me. My man, uh, uh, Uncle Big Nick, definitely took down the $8, which I believe is the third biggest contest out there. The third, actually, it might be the second biggest by total number of entries. Took that down. He's been like, uh, the last couple showdowns, he's just been teasing like, hey, look at this, look at this. And then it always calls, falls apart for him. But Sunday, it definitely did not fall apart from my man. Uh, the Louisiana boy definitely just took in a cool $10,000. I remember specifically telling you guys, go play that $8. Cause let's not play. If you win 10 K you'll be excited. And, uh, he was excited and I'm excited for him. So, you know, uh, that one's special. Cause he's, you know, he's been rolling with me since day one, but I appreciate you all. But you know, you're always a little more, they mean a little bit more when they've been with you before you were cool. And then lastly, let's get to the legend himself. A man named Scott Buttersworth. He uh, has, uh, you know, I've never had had any communication with him. He just watches the show and we'd never talked. And uh, he decided this week that he was going to play um, in the 555. I told you guys about contest selection. If you have, you know, I said, if you have 500 bucks, you'd probably be better just putting one entry into the 555 as opposed to putting like 20 into the $25, right? Because you don't have to hit the stone cold nuts to win it. And the prizes are still amazing in that. You know, maybe $500 is out of your range, but if you're a person who's comfortable playing $500 or $1,000, you're better putting it in the higher level contests because you don't have to hit the stone cold nuts to win life-changing money. And so my dude, Scott, he did two lineups in the 555. And with those two lineups, he got second place with one of those lineups for $20,000, right? Unbelievable to win $20,000 doing something that he would probably be happy just breaking even because we all enjoy this so much. I mean, look at us. We're here on a Wednesday night talking about fantasy golf. We'll be doing it again Friday night and Saturday night. We love this shit. So if you win any money at it, you feel like, like life can't be this good. But the funny thing about old Scott is his other lineup, because he did too, remember in the 555, it won first place for a cool Another $50,000. So my dude Scott definitely won $70,000 uh, playing Showdown with his only two lineups. He put two bullets in that gun and boom, boom, hit them both right on the money. First and second place in the 555. I mean, there's nothing else. There's nothing else you can call that other than just fucking legend. Like that's a legend move right there. Um, you know, he just dropped the mic and walked off. And I don't care who you are. $70,000. That's game changer money. Game changer money. So, so excited for Scott. So awesome. We're going to talk a little bit about his lineups because what everything he did was so smart and he incorporated so many of the things that I tell you guys to do, but he also made it his own. It's like the perfect, you know, like what I want all of my students to be. And uh, I'm just really proud of it. So we're going to talk about that. But he is such a cool dude that he knows that I'm trying to grow my channel and I was going to do a giveaway. He has volunteered to sponsor a giveaway to this show. 
Uh, we're going to be doing multiple giveaways that he is just going to do to sponsor this show to help me grow my base and get more subscribers so I can help other people like I helped him. And so I will be telling you about that big giveaway, but I am going to make you wait for like the next 45 minutes while we talk about everything. And then I'll reveal the details at the end. But I'm telling you, it's a pretty big giveaway. I've seen what people give away out there. And for how small my channel is, it's muy grande giveaway. So definitely wait around for that. I will give you all the instructions you need. By the way, in the meantime, be putting Q&A down over here in this little thing that I'm going to read later at the end of this. I don't want like two questions. It's going to get awkward. All right. On to my man, Scott. I just want to talk about his lineup. We're going to give this about five minutes. I did the ownership expose last week. A lot of people like that. So we're going to break down my man Scott's lineup here. Uh, as you can see, uh, he definitely uh, had first and second place. And he gave me some notes uh, of some things he was thinking. First of all, the first thing he told me is that he used something I told way back on Andy Lack's podcast. If you don't know what kind of got me into this whole game as I was on Andy's podcast, he wanted to uh, kind of talk strategy with a higher level player. Um, I think Andy is the sharpest mind of all the, I don't know, content providers. I don't want to call him a tout, content providers out there. And so when he had me, invited me on my show, I was all about it. And I said something on there that Scott heard and remembered. He said, no matter what people tell you, have your guys that nobody can talk you off of. And for those two guys, for him, there was nothing I could say or you could say or God himself could say that was going to get him off of Willie Z and Aaron Wise. He had a good feeling about those. Those were his guys that he kind of targeted that were in the top 10 that he thought were going to make a big push on Sunday and go win this. And I told you, you don't want to just fade all the guys in the top 10. You want to pick your two to three guys up there that you really think can compete and pick them to go charge up the leaderboard. And both of those guys did him very well. He also told me, that he loved my 10 to 2 wave theory. Remember I said that the peak, all the best scores will come from 10 to 2 on Sunday. And I went and looked and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, was, I was exactly right. All of the guys who were going out there and smashing the course all did it in that 10 to 2 window. And so that got him on Sung JM, which let's not forget Sung JM, my one play. And look at that. He's in uh, one of the two nuts lineups. And the other guy was Xander. And Xander was kind of a smash play. If you go look at his winning lineup here, he got Xander at 4.3%. And he got he was his highest scoring guy. So it was having the balls to go play a guy that I believe was T41 heading into the last round. And being willing to go down there and not get obsessed with, ooh, what about the placement points? Who cares? Like, that, that's one birdie. And they're all gone. And so because he had the stones to go play Xander, that's how you go win a GPB right there. Furthermore, you see he had my man Garrick Higo here, who I was all about some Garrick Higo, but what he said is he really liked the Garrick Higo, uh, that, that he knew that in the higher level contest, because remember, he's in the 555, he wasn't in like a $5 contest, he's in the big one with the big boys, and he knew that they like to play the best players, and no one is going to call Garrick Higo one of the best players, so he knew that he was going to get him at an ownership discount. That is called having balls, and that's what it takes to win GPPs, and that's what he did by playing a 3.3% Garrick Ego. Not to mention, he was 6,400, and like he was playing well. He was smashing it off the tee. He was showing all the things you wanted to see for a guy that could go perform very well on Sunday. Uh, he uh, also did a core. I always talk about having a core. He put three guys in the same lineup. Uh, let's see. I believe it was Tigala. Uh, Zalatoris and Wise, he had in both of his lineups, and then he just rotated the other three spots. So when he had those three guys that all hit, he now has two big bullets to go win that because he has three pieces that are set, and now if either of those other ones has a three for three, he wins. Now, of course, Scott's a legend, so he just said, I'll just have all nine of my guys in my player pool smash it, and that works out well too. But he had that core that hit, and you always want to have a core. If you're doing two lineups in the 555, you never want to do 12 players. 
I mean, you're, that's just, you're just playing the lottery at that point. You want to play eight to nine players, just like he did, where you have three or four guys in both lineups and then just kind of sprinkle those other two spots. Trust your core, trust your picks, go all in on them. Sometimes you're going to shit the bed and lose all your money. Sometimes you're going to win game changer money like my dude Scott. I think we all know, we can all see this. What did he do that I always tell you guys to do? Don't play the leader, especially Billy frickin' Horschel, who's sitting on what, like a five or six shot lead? You know he's going to play conservative AF. I mean, he wasn't in either of the winning lineups. I think he was in a couple winning lineups, but like he didn't play that well. I think he got 41 points, and that was because he luck sacked in like a 857-foot eagle putt, which was garbage, but whatever. Even luck sacking, he played exactly how we thought he would play. Just nice 40 feet away, two putt, and par everything. He was a terrible play. And here's what I love. Billy Ho in the main $25 was 40% owned. But in the 555, he was 48% owned. Why? Because the higher the levels go, the more conservative players get. Their assholes pucker up, and they don't want to get outside of their comfort zone. They're like, oh, I got to play the guy with all those safe position points. But Billy Ho isn't in the winning lineup. Nor is he in the second place lineup because Scott played both of them and he doesn't have either of them. I'm telling you, playing the leader in these tournaments is a terrible idea. This is why we always say, me and Jesse, my man, maybe the, maybe the best showdown player out there, always say, huge edge tomorrow. And usually when that huge edge is when there's some donkey ass up top that everybody's going to go play and you know that you can go play all those charging guys who are going to catch them. Huge edge. My dude Scott did that. And lastly, I already touched on it. I got to say it one more time. He picked the perfect contest. He said, this is my set amount of money I'm willing to play today. And instead of putting what he could have put about 40, 44 lineups in the big $25. Instead, he just decided to do two in the 555. You know what? This number one lineup right here, 269 points would have got him in the big $25 would have got him. I believe I looked it up. I think it was like $300. So instead of, so he wins 300 bucks or he wins 70,000. It's all about contest selection. Make wise decisions when making contest selections when you play in that big 25 dollar yes you can have more lineups and you feel like you got more of a chance but you also have to hit the stone cold nuts and i'm telling you you're gonna hit the stone cold nuts like a handful of times in your life and that's if you're freaking amazing at dfs so don't do that all right that's all my shout outs so happy for everybody this is gonna help the channel grow because like i'm not just here to entertain like we're literally improving and like people are winning real money like real real money um so awesome uh, as I said, uh, he is sponsoring the giveaway. We're doing three giveaways over the next week. They're going to be really cool. But once again, I'm going to make you wait till the end. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty special. It's not a normal giveaway. We're like, Hey, you can have $20. No, 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 we're not doing stupid shit like that. We're going to give you something awesome. And you know what? You might even get to work with me, but you got to wait. <sighs> All right. Um, the last thing I want to say is I, I really want this to kind of be the thesis of this channel. Play DFS to have fun. If you, if you get to the point where you can consistently win, what an amazing experience you're going to have, right? Uh, you're getting all this entertainment. You're watching content right now. You've probably already watched content earlier in the week. You'll probably watch more content for showdown. Cause I got like some loyal listeners here and you're getting all this and it's fun. It's fun to consume. It's fun to think it's fun to make these lineups. And even if you just broke even, you're getting endless hours of fun from this, from this DFS PGA PGA DFS. Now, Every once in a while, maybe if you're doing things right and you trust your process, you're going to actually win some real money. And when you do that, 
I'm not going to lie to you. This stuff becomes addicting, but really only in the most healthy way. So I just want that to be my thesis. Remember to just do this because you enjoy it. You enjoy the process. It's fun. Don't do it like, oh, I've got to win this week or my kids don't eat. Well, first of all, asshole, don't be playing if you can't like afford to feed your kids because you're playing DFS lineups. And second of all, just view it as like you're paying for entertainment. And if you're doing it right, this is one of those few entertainments that truly can pay itself off because this isn't like going to the casino because you know, you're statistically always going to lose at that. This is something you can win at if you do things the correct way and find the edge and exploit those edges. All right. You guys ready? Are you ready? Have you made your lineups yet? Have you started making your lineups? Cause if you have shame on you, you know, nothing. If you're new to the channel, you do not make your lineups before what we'll probably end at eight o'clock central standard time zone here. You don't make lineups before that. Why? Because you know, shit changes and you got to be ready for shit. You got to be able to adapt. You don't know. Have you, have you had your ownership questions answered yet? When's if I told you that Rory's going to be 48%, do you still want to play him at 48%? I mean, he's not going to be, but I'm just saying, would you want to play him? Once if I told you there's like crazy weather rolling in, you're like, but I'm already committed to these guys and they're all on the bad wave. Well, you shouldn't have got committed to them. Don't start making your lineups until Wednesday night because news happens. As you can see, we've already had like, what, 27 people withdraw from this tournament, which is going to change ownership, which is going to change who's good plays and who's good leverage and who's good pivots. And so we need to wait as long as we can and get every last ounce of information we can before we start making our lineups. Now, you should have done your research by now. You should have a player pool that you feel fairly comfortable with, but to already have all your lineups made and just be like stretching, be like, I'm good to go, bro. Got this under control. Shame on you. So let's talk about it. First thing I want to talk about this week is everybody is guessing. When I say everybody, I mean this whole entire industry is trying to guess how the course is going to play, who's going to be a good course fit, who's going to play well on this course. Everybody's just guessing. In weeks like this, uh, whenever no one's really seen this course before, what was like 10, 11 years ago we saw it, that doesn't matter. It's been redone since then. None of the players that are relevant then are relevant now. So we really have no course history. So this ain't the masters. We can't just go look at course history. We have no idea who's a good course fit. Everybody is just speculating. And you have to love a week like this when people are speculating because it makes it so much easier to know where the chalk is going to land. And you want to know? I can answer it for you the easiest way possible. I've been doing this a long ass time. Where's the chalk going to land this week? Wherever the touts are saying. A lot of times people are getting smarter in this industry and they say, oh, that big name is saying this guy, I'll go play somebody else. But this week... They're not going to because like they don't know a third of this field, like a third of this field is hot garbage. Furthermore, even if they hear the tout saying it, they don't know, hey, this is a good pivot because this course does this or he might be good because of this. They have no idea. So they're just going to trust their tout. And I would say what's even most interesting is go look at the lobby on DraftKings. I think we're actually going to go over there in a minute and look and see that these tournaments are filling up really, really slowly this week. I keep refreshing Fantasy National for the most updated ownership, and I noticed that uh, that like, there's not many people doing lineups this week that are starring players. Like It's literally about a third lower than it normally is. So to me, everything seems to be trending towards people aren't particularly interested in this week. And when people aren't as interested, they're not going to go balls deep searching for all this stuff. They're going to just take what you know their favorite tout said on their favorite podcast, and they're just going to plug in those guys. And because of that... I feel like a week like this is a week for you to really zig when everybody's zagging and you can really have incredible leverage on the field even more than a normal week. Now, do you play as aggressive as me? Probably not. But, you know, I'm just going to give you some ideas. I'm just, for all of you who don't know, I ask questions. You have to answer them. I, I don't give the answers to this test, homie. Uh, over here in the DraftKings lobby, let's see what we got going on here. Canadian Open. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you can see the main one here, the $20. I mean, we're still at 34. We still got 13,000 spots left, and it's getting decently late into the evening. Uh, my God, I might have to, ooh, I might, I might have to play in the 19th hole. It's only, what is that, 60% of the way full, basically? Oh, I didn't want to play a $3,000 lineup this week, but I, you know what? I can't stand overlays. Hey, look at that world-class transition by a guy that has no idea what he's doing. Do you know what an overlay is? These are the kind of things I'm going to teach you. And I, I can already tell you, there's some high-level there's some high level players watching this right now. I know they watch it, and they're about to cringe. They're going to punch me through my little microphone right now. An overlay is whenever DraftKings guarantees so much money for a contest, right? Like in this one right here, the, the big $20, they're guaranteeing $800,000. That's why it's called a GPP, a guaranteed prize pool. And they're guaranteeing $800,000. But say this contest only gets 38,000 people. Well, you would take 38,000 people times the $20 entry, and that would only be $760,000 in prize pool. So that wouldn't even cover how much they're guaranteeing. So that's called an overlay. There's there not, not only is DraftKings not going to get their rake, which is the additional amount they charge on top of the contest. You know, that's how they make a profit is they charge more than the guaranteed prize pool. Not only are they not getting their rake, they've guaranteed 40,000 over that. And so they're basically like free money to be had out there. Um, if you've ever played poker, surely you've been in a poker tournament and seen a, a tournament that's an overlay. Exact same principle here for uh, DraftKings putting these tournaments out. So if this 3180 is going to overlay tomorrow, like I wake up in the morning, you know, I'll probably get up whatever time I got to get up, 630 or whatever. Uh, and I will check it out. And if I see an overlay coming, I'll just I'll just eat it. I don't really want to play in that tournament this week, but I also I can't I can't I can't leave a good overlay out there. I can't do it. So here's what I'm going to tell you that's going to make all the good players cringe. Wake up in the morning and specifically go look at round one showdown and go look at the, the double ups, multipliers, and satellites. Go look at those things and you will be amazed how many overlays there are five minutes before lock. I'm talking like big overlays where like a double up literally will be like five people won't get paid up and you already have your lineup ready and you just go toss it in that $5 or that $10. I challenge you to do this because I feel like this is a week there might be some overlays, especially on those little satellites, double ups, and uh, multipliers. Save 20% of whatever your bankroll is this week. So if you're playing $100 this week, save 20 bucks. Wake up in the morning before lock, five minutes before, and be watching them and kind of have an idea. You're going to have to be able to do some basic math, right? Take the number of people in the contest times however much it costs and see if it's lower than that guaranteed. Also, make sure it has this little green G on it because if it doesn't have a green G, it ain't guaranteed. And basically, the only prize pool will be whatever people enter. So it has to have this little green G. But if I wake up in the morning and I see this 3180 is, you know, still at 102 people and it has to get to, what is that going to be? About 120 people for there not to be an overlay. I'm going to jump in it because it's basically free money. Yeah, I'm going to be putting a lot of money into one lineup and playing against the best players in the world, but I ain't scared. Um, so that's what you do. Is there going to be an overlay in the 555? Definitely not. Look, it's almost, it's almost full. It's 80% of the way full. It will probably, by the end of this podcast, be very close to already being above the overlay mark. So there you go. Try that. An overlay. There's your, there's your lesson for the night. You're, you're welcome, people. You're welcome. Sorry, all you high-level players. I know. I know. I'm giving away all the secrets, but I don't give a shit. Uh, contest selection. What are we looking at this week? Well, let's talk about it. Um, if you are on a budget, you got a hundred bucks. Do not go put five lineups in this $20. I tell you this. I told you this on showdown. Fortunately, Scott listened to me and he did not go put it in there. And so what are we doing? Why does this keep flashing? All right. Do not go put that in there. Uh, because you basically are playing the lottery. Don't do that. You'd be much better going down. 
Uh, you know, you could go put 20 lineups in this $5, but even that, is 20 lineups enough to really give you enough leverage to play against people who are doing 150 lineups in that? You know, like all the guys with a lot of money who tend to be pretty good at this stuff? Probably not. Okay, uh, let's see. A good contest, if I'm on a $100 budget, is I'm going to look at like this $33 single entry. What a great contest where you have to have a little skin in the game where you uh, can still win real money, but you also don't have to hit the stone cold nuts because there's only 2,000 people in it. Like that's what you want to be doing. Not to mention, I can't put 150 lineups in that while you're putting in five and I can just completely overwhelm you with so many more permutations of a good core. Go look at the $12. The $12 is a really, really good single entry, especially if you're on a budget. It's great. If you don't know, go get in Pat Mayo's. Uh, he does. He charges nothing for uh, his... Uh, for the, there's no rake in his PME open. Mm, there's one other one down here. Uh, it's like the $10 resurgence right here. I love that. Nope, that's a, let's go search by. I'm having some technical difficulties over here. I think I'm going to have to punch my, what's his name? Punch my, uh, my editor in the face because I'm getting some issues here. Where is it at? Classic. Well, hell, maybe it's already filled up. because Oh, nope, there it is. The $10 resurgence right there. $50,000. It's usually like five or $10,000 to first place. It has a nice payout structure. There's only 6,000 people in it. And if you're doing a $100 budget, you can toss 10 in there and not feel like you're completely out of it because everybody's limited in the number that they can do. Also, look at your three maxes, stuff like that. Those are the kind of contests you want to be entering. If you're a big dog and you want to do $1,000 this week, well, you know, even there, there is strategy to be had. Okay. What am I doing? If I am doing a thousand dollars this week, I would not look at the 555 because in that 555, if you do one lineup, you got to remember they can multi-enter. Do not go do that um, because with a with 800, they can do what up to 24 lineups in there. Uh, you know, you're not really gonna have good odds playing some of those top guys one on 24. If I had a thousand dollar budget, I would really start looking at these 100 and 200 dollar single entries. They are money. They pay great. You can have a huge sweat, and you can. Uh, be one-on-one -on -one versus the really good players instead of, you know, one-on-24. So there's your contest selection. That's what I would do. Now we're on to this week. Hopefully we're not too long. Let's see here. Um, oh, man, did my thing break down? Did my stream die? Let's see. Let's see if I'm getting texts from people. Are you ready? All right. Oh, no, we're back. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm a noob. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I know DFS. I don't know any of this content. I, I got two screens up and I'm overwhelmed right now. Uh, all right. Uh, I hope you guys didn't miss anything. Let's see. Let's go. I'm going to go over here to my little uh, discussion and see if I missed anything. Uh, Lipsky. All right. I don't see people freaking out. Like, what are you doing, dumbass? You good? All good. Live. Oh, we are live. All right. So thank you, Kevin and Clay. I noticed it just fell off. I don't know what the hell happened. I got that good internet. What is going on? Okay. I'm just going to keep talking. Just hope it works out. All good. You're good. All right. Thank you, Clay and Orangutan and Star-Lord. All right. Uh, let's get to it. Weather. Always start with weather. I'll tell you, I'm a little concerned because I didn't want to play weather this week, but I got to tell you, look at Thursday morning. Looks pretty nice. Pretty, pretty, pretty nice. A little cold, a little rainy, but I don't think it's going to be like that hard rain. Um, and then you notice it gets a little gustier in the afternoon. And then the flip side of that on Friday afternoon, look, it's a little calmer in the afternoon, a little windier in the morning. So just at a glance here, it would seem like 
the AM PM might have a bit of a weather advantage. Now, am I going to go all in on that? Definitely not. But am I going to consider that for tiebreakers? Well, let me answer that real quick. I'm going to be refreshing this thing up at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight, and I'm going to keep trying to get the latest things. Uh, and then I will go make my lineups because I want to have the most accurate one I could have for whatever Willy Weather, because we're adults and we check more than one site here. Willy Weather is definitely um, doesn't do Canada. I don't know. Seems a little seems a little racist to me. Um, and then, uh, we're basically getting the same thing over here on the weather channel. So this wind prediction does look pretty good. It basically just going to come down to how much do you value gusts? Do you think gusts really mess them up? Cause if you do, then it would appear to be an AM PM advantage, but you also could get too cute trying to play this wind. Maybe there's some delays because of the rain and it ends up flipping just like the players. I am telling you right now, I wouldn't go all in on it, but it is something to consider. If you're a true degenerate, just go all in on it. Just say, that's my edge this week. Uh, all right. So we got weather. Let's go. Let's go talk. Let's, let's go talk about why we're here. I am, I am seeing some stuff. The, the, the ownership, by the way, after I did my ownership expose last week, I can't help but notice that, uh, so some people definitely started changing their, uh, projections. So clearly, uh, at least two, at least two sites I know definitely changed some things. And this week I went and looked at another three or four sites and they are, uh, you know, I don't know if they've changed it cause I didn't check it last week, but I can tell you that some of the sites I checked doing a lot better at making sure that their total is 600 and that it averages out to the 8333 per player that you want to see for good projections. And I got to tell you, I know for a fact well, I don't know for a fact, but I, I, on good experience, I would guarantee you that the most chalky player this week is going to be Rory McIlroy. Okay, of course, he's number one in my model, so he's got to be, you know, he's got to be the most chalky player because, you know, that's, that's how it works. Am I going to play Rory this week? Absolutely not. If you know me, you've been rolling with me for the last, I guess we're a month old now, you will know there is no player. In DFS, I fade more than Rory McIlroy, and it works out really well. He makes me look like a genius a lot, and basically all I do is just not play him. And yes, he'll go out. For, he'll go out tomorrow and shoot like seven under, and everybody's like, "Oh, Rory's the best." And then he'll shoot like three over the next day. He's Rory. He he just does that. Uh, I actually like him. I wanted to play him. This does, you know, he's good for his one win every four years, uh, and he seems like he's due. So I kind of wanted to play him, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play. I would guess twenty eight percent Rory. He's catching a lot of steam. Uh, forgive me. And Topo Chico. This this pod brought to you by Topo Chico. Hit me up, guys. The other one that I respectfully disagree, I've looked at four different sites when it comes to projections, and it seems to be that the second most popular person this week is going to be Cam Smith. What the? F no, he's not. No, he's not. I will, I will make a bet with anybody who wants to take this. Cam Smith will not be the second or third or fourth most highest owned person this week. Not a chance in hell. I'm seeing anywhere from 22 to 27% for Cam Smith. What? Dude, what? What? Why? This, everybody keeps talking this week. You got to be good off the tee. Have you seen Cam Smith swing a driver? It, it's comparable to me. It's, it's not pretty. Um, they're also going to remember that Sunday he completely shit the bed and fell off the earth. Um, why would he be popular? Why would he be popular? There's nothing about the narrative that says that Cam Smith is going to be popular this week. No chance he'll be popular this week. Okay. I shouldn't say that. He could be like 18%. But like this 27 nonsense competing for Ro with Rory to be the most highest owned, I will die on this hill. And please, if I'm wrong tomorrow, go ahead and let me know. But there's no way Cam Smith will be 27% or even close to it. So if you're factoring that in, that he's going to be 27% or the site that you sign up for to get your ownership has him at 27%, please go check tomorrow what he really is. And then maybe consider like sending them a nice email saying your projections blow. All right. The other one. 
that I think could get a little chalky up there uh, is Justin Thomas. I don't think that he's going to be as popular as people saying another guy that like, you're just going to run out of money. You can't start Thomas and Rory because then you're straight down to the six K's and people don't want to play him. And if you're already factoring in that Rory's going to be 28 and let's say Cam's going to be 18 and you know, Lowry's going to be 17 or 18 and Scheffler's going to be probably 15 to 17. You literally just start to run out of percentages that could be there. So I would say Thomas, I would bet he comes in at 19 to 20%. Is that a good play? Well, it's better than a 28% Rory. I would agree with that. But I think that the one guy, if I had to die on a hill up here, it's got to be Scotty Scheffler. Don't forget it was two weeks ago. I was about to win the $200 single entry because I got Scotty Scheffler at 9%. Like, what, what, he's the best player in the world. We're not going to play him. And I'm going to just talk a little psychology with you for a minute. You see the Scotty Scheffler on there? I hope you can see it on the screen. He is 11,100. I am telling you, this is a fact. When you see 1-1 one, one as their first two numbers instead of 1-0, it has a psychological effect on people. Yes, he's only 200 more than Thomas, but the people who suck at numbers, they see 11,000. Oh, my God, I could never play somebody 11,000. It really does have that impact on them. Same thing with Fitzpatrick versus Burns. There are 100 different, but people will be like, oh, my gosh, he is five figures. I can't pay 10,000 five full figures for Sam Burns. Can't do it. But they'll happily pay 9,900 for Fitzpatrick. Like that's just, I'm telling you, that is a real fact that people are like that inbred when it comes to numbers that like that one, that second number is that important to them that they freak out like that. So that will change the ownership. So I truly believe Scotty Scheffler will come in lower owned than literally any other guy. Uh, I think he'll be lower than Thomas Rory and Smith. And if I can have the best player in the world at 15 to 17%, I'll find other places to save because I'm playing him. So, uh, that would be my one thing. It does seem that right here at Tony Finau and up. So Finau, Hatton, Connor, Fitzpatrick, and then all the five uh, figure guys, that is the magic cutoff line. That seems to be where you can really start to see the shift in talent. Now, I will agree, HV3 does not belong with those guys. He should probably be like 9,100 probably. But he's kind of up there in that group. But everybody from Finau up is going to be pretty popular other than HV3. There's just nobody up there that's going to be like 8% that you can be like, ooh, I'll be sneaky and play this guy. If you want the 8 or 9% guy, if you really want to be tricky this week, play HV3. That's him. Am I going to play him? I don't know. That just seems a little too cute for me. 9,700 HV3. Now, basically, you can only pair him with one other guy up here, and then you're kind of dumpster diving after that. I just don't know if I love that roster build. So, you know, if you're if you're playing balls to the wall and you want to win a GPP, HV3 will be the only guy from Finau up that is probably even under 14%. All these other guys are going to get ownership, every single one of them. If you want me to make some guesses, uh, Lowry will be 18, Burns will be 15. I think Fitz and Connors will be super chalk. I'm talking 20, uh, 20 to 22 for both of them. HV3 will be eight. Hatton will be about 13 or 14. Finau will be about 15 or 16 because people are going to say I'm getting a world-class player at 9,400. I will take that. That's, I mean, that's honestly, it's a pretty good way to think. And then after that, that is where you will start to see a sharp drop off in ownership. So if you really want to be, what I would tell you to do is the same thing that I tell you to do on Sunday showdown, go pick your two or three guys that you love up there 
and commit to them. Just get them in there. Get them in a lot of lineups because you're going to need to have at least 40% of these, a lot of these guys, or if you play Rory, at least 50% to double the field. And for all of you that are new, I always preach the 2X rule. Whatever guy you're going to play in your player pool, make sure you have them 2X whatever they're projected at. So if Rory is 27% projected, have his ass at 54% so you have leverage. So if Rory does smash, you basically have an advantage on the rest of the field because you have him in more lineups than the rest of the field does. If you're going to play 27% Rory and he's 27%, we call that paying the rake. And that's always going to be a loser. So don't do that. Either shit or get off the pot when it comes to Rory. There's your free advice. Same with all these guys. Commit to going twice as much on them. But now let's talk about where I think this contest really starts. And it's going to start right here under my man Finau. And it's going to start with Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin. I honestly thought he was going to be chalky. He's Canadian. Don't you know this tournament's in Canada, so all Canadians are going to play better, right? Um, yeah, by the way, that's going to be a big point that people are going to say, Adam Svensson's Canadian. You got to play him. Okay, well, let me go ahead. Using that logic, did you know next week's the U.S. Open and Jim Furyk's playing? He's an American, and I'm pretty sure the U.S. Open's in America, so you got to play Jim Furyk. I mean, how stupid is that? How stupid is that? Ridiculous. Um, I actually was interested in Connors, but I think he's going to be too chalky. Um, and I wasn't interested in Hadwin because I thought he would be chalky. And now it doesn't seem as though he's going to be. So, you know, like Hadwin and Munoz are two guys right there. Which, by the way, Munoz is number three in my model. Should he be 9,200? Um, no, not even close. He should be like 8,200. But he has been playing really well. He is probably going to be right there at that single digit, probably 9 or 10%. Because you just can't play him. You can't play one or two of these guys up here and fit Munoz in. There's no way. And people don't want the second person in their lineup to be Sebastian Munoz. No one wants that. No one wants that. So he will be under own. Do you really think do you, you know, a lot of you say, but he's not a $9,200 golfer. I don't want him. I've told you this before. Anytime a guy is mispriced and they're too low, like Mito Pereira last week, they're going to be super chalky because people can see yeah, that's a misprice. I got to get on him. Whenever people are overpriced, no one wants to play them. And I feel like when they're overpriced, it's the best time to play them because you're going to be able to get that ownership discount. So Something to consider. Am I telling you who to play? No, I don't give a shit who you play. You play who you want. I'm giving you, I'm asking you some questions. Uh, Munoz, Hadwin, and Mitchell are three guys right there that I think are all going to go criminally underowned that all have winning or top five upside. The only one of the, in that little range right there, the low nines that I think catches any ownership is Kirk because there's a narrative going around that he shapes the ball beautiful and this is a ball shaping course. Okay, guys that don't know anything, you're just guessing. You're guessing. You're just guessing. You have no idea. You have no, you have no, you have no idea. Stop guessing. Um, remember, this is a great week. Everybody's zigging. Maybe consider a zag. You don't have to go all zags, but maybe a zag or two. Akron. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, other guys that are going to be criminally underowned that have top five upside Rose and Tigala. Uh, you know, that, that I just, they're guys to consider. I'm not saying play them. I'm just saying they're too expensive. They're more expensive than they should be. And when they're more expensive than they should be, that will, that is the one thing you can always guarantee will depress ownership. It was when a guy is priced too highly. That's the number one thing. Nothing else will correlate more strongly than an overpriced guy being lower owned. 100%. Mackenzie Hughes, did you know he's Canadian? Yeah, yeah. And this is in Canada, so he's got to be a smash play. Uh, don't forget, I had him in my 555 last week that was going to that he was winning after the first round. I was, I was already counting my money, but then, you know, McKenzie Hughes remembered he was McKenzie Hughes and started playing like McKenzie Hughes. However, he actually has really been a big on approach. And if you don't know, if you can't tell by looking at my little stat model here approach, I think this is a second shot course. That's the angle I'm playing. Do I know? No, I don't know. I'm guessing like everybody else, but if I'm guessing I'm going to pick my lane, I'm going to go hundred miles an hour in it. So I'm really playing the approach. That's what I want to see. I want to see guys who hit their long irons. Well, 
And I want to see guys that keep it in the fairway. And that's going to lead me to actually some short hitters. Rasmus Hogard, uh, he looks terrible in my stats. Horrific. Why would I ever consider him? Uh, well, I can, I can answer that really easily. The guy right below him is called Brendan Todd, who is going to be chalky. Which, by the way, there you go. The one donkey chalk I'm not playing this week, Brendan Todd. Because I have him coming in at like 16%. And 16% Brendan Todd at 8,200 is laughable. Um, I wanted to, maybe I should have went Adam Stinson. I've already talked shit about him. Now, maybe I'll do two. Maybe I'll do two. I'll break my own rules. Uh, so Rasmus Hogard, does he look good in the stats? No. Is he a guy that I've seen go nuclear hot at a couple tournaments? Yeah. Do we know if he's a good fit here? No, we don't know if anybody's a good fit. So maybe he's worth a flyer. I know this. If you're going to give me him at one third of the ownership of Brennan Todd, please, please, please go to Twitter, send me a DM. Offer me three to one, and I'll bet any amount of money you want that Rasmus Hogard outscores Brennan Todd this week at DK. Any amount of money you'll let me bet, I'll bet it if you give me three to one. For real, just send it. I'm there. I'm good for it. I'm good for it. Um, other guys that are going to catch some chalk this week, I probably should have went through this. It seems as though Aaron Rye, you know, with CT Pan withdrawing, that's really going to screw things up. He was going to be the easiest chalk in the world to fade. Horrific that he uh, withdrew. Probably going over to the, that other tour. Uh, so I think that ownership is going to fall towards Brennan Todd and it's going to fall towards Aaron Rye. Um, so those two guys are Aaron Rye more like see you bye. Not going to be playing him. Uh, not going to do it. Can't do it just cause he's chalky. And you can see, I actually liked him. Like I, I, he was on my initial stars of guys. I wanted to at least give a deeper look at, uh, but right below him, like Mark Hubbard, he's been hitting it well on approach. We don't know how this course is going to play. And he has that tiny little putter that he can get so hot. I mean, Mark Hubbard is, is a sneaky one. And then here's one that I just stumbled upon. This is what I'm doing this week. There is no reason for anybody to want to play Cameron Champ. You can't, you can't bomb this course. The, 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 the thick's too rough, or the rough's too thick even. Uh, you can't do it. Okay, guy who's guessing about how this course is going to play, I'll go play 3% Cam Champ and see how it works out. Because I know that he has like legit world-class upside when he's on. And you can't say that about all these guys. Patrick Rogers never has world-class upside. If that hurts your feelings, I apologize. Another sneaky play, Adam Long. Check him out. He's been ball striking. I'm not telling you to play him. I'm telling you to go look at him. It, it's, not, it's not that late. You can still go look. Uh, other guys we have uh, here, JJ Spawn. No one seems to be on him. You can kind of look at who he's by and tell that he's not going to be popular. We know Smotherman's going to be popular. We know that Lipsky's going to be popular. And, of course, we know Adam Svensson's going to be popular because if you don't know, he's Canadian. So I would say... Don't play any of those guys. If any of them come in at 10%, it's terrible because, like, you're going to be able to get Alex Smalley or Party Marty Laird at, like, you know, a third to a fifth of that ownership. Easy pivot. And never forget, Party Marty's won me over 40K on DK at least twice. So he's very he's very high on the Degenerate 75's love list. Mm. You can see these are the kind of guys that I was kind of looking at. A dude like Ryan Armour. He's going to be 3% owned. He hits fairways. He's actually been ball striking. He uh, has good drives. He's really good with long irons. He plays long par threes well, and he's great out of the sand. When you start to get down here, none of these guys are going to be in your top 10 of your model. Hell, they're usually not going to be in the top 30 of your model, but you start looking if they kind of pop in four or five categories that might make them a good fit based on your narrative that you think this course is going to play. And for me, that is old Ryan Amer. Um, Doug Gim, love Doug Gim. I thought he was going to be my smash play this week, but he seems to kind of be getting all that attention right down there with Adam Svensson. Am I going to play a chalky Doug Gim? And of course, I have no idea how it's going to play. I don't know. 
Uh, I would say what's chalk on Doug Gim. When you get down here, I would say anything under 12% is respectable. You could play that and like sleep at night and say you didn't eat too much chalk. But if Gim gets up to 15% and you're playing it, just know that's, that's, that's the definition of donkey chalk. So, you know, it's kind of on you. You know, if you're paying for ownership, um, hopefully you can trust it. Luke Donald, Luke Donald approach. He played here once well before he hits long irons well. Give him a look. Uh, here's one I will warn you ahead of time. Wesley Bryan, uh, I love him. I play him way too much. He loses me a lot of money. He's, he's basically Kyle Stanley's brother in that way. Uh, you got to consider it. Be careful, guys like Vaughn Taylor. He always looks so good in the model. Look at He's sixth in my model, and he's 6,800. What are you doing, Vaughn? Get out of here. How about uh, Chuck Taylor? What about Charlie, Charlie Hoffman? Right, why did I say Taylor? Charlie Hoffman. My bad. Uh, he has really actually go check out his stats. Like he's starting to figure out those irons again. And Charlie Hoffman is like, I mean, he, he's objectively a better golfer than every other player down here. Just object. Just go put him up against any other player down here. He's objectively better. Uh, no one. I haven't heard a single soul talk about Sam Ryder or Danny Lee, two guys who just have like a 62 in them any day. Um, on a course, we have no idea how it's going to play. And if you don't think Sam Ryder and Danny Lee are a better golfer than David Lingworth and Cameron Percy, then we're not having an adult conversation here. We clearly are not. So that's what I'd look at. The Scott Gachowski <laughs> dude's a ball striker. I've played him before. He literally, I think he went triple bogey, double bogey to miss the cut on a, on a tournament where I had a sick six of six with him in it. He made a hole in one too. So that really hurt. Um, when I get down this low, sometimes they don't even pop in a stat, but I just ask myself this question. Is Sung Kang any different of a golfer than like Jay Seifert or John Hung? Is he? Is he? Because like, he's $1,000 cheaper. And to me, Sung Kang is the exact same golfer. If I think it's going to be a ball striker course, why not Henrik Norlander? He's from Europe. That's basically Canada, right? So like, he's got to be a good play. Just things to consider. Oh, Robert Garrigus getting in there. All right, I got to talk. Last guy I'm going to talk about. Then we're going to Q&A. Chris Goderup. He's been catching some steam. And at first I would say, yeah, a guy like that, he's just not going to get that popular. But I've already told you this. On a week like this where people are leaning more on their touts and their content creators, a name like this is going to catch fire more than normal. I would not be surprised if he gets to 9 or 10%. And if he gets to 9 or 10%, don't forget, I live in Oklahoma, and this is an OU dude. So, you know, I, I want to play him. But if, if you really think he's going to get to 9 or 10%, don't play him. If you're not buying the idea that touts are really driving ownership this week, well, then he probably will only be 3 or 4%. And in that case, he's probably a good play. He really probably is a better golfer than every other player at 6,300 or lower. So that's up to you to decide. I don't make the decision for you. You make him your damn self. So there you go. I guess the two chalks that I'm definitely not eating are Brennan Todd and Adam Svensson. Does that mean they're going to do bad? No, that just means if you, if you play them, that that's donkey chalk. That's bad chalk. Don't do it. Don't do it. And maybe they'll smash. You'd be like, see, I needed them to win. Okay, well, yeah, but you still have to beat like 25,000 other people now that also play Brennan Todd at 8,200. Get out of here. Get out of here. So... Um, I gave you all my pivots. I feel like the real pivots begin right there at Adam Hadwin down through uh, that 70, what, 7,700 range all the way. That, that's just the pivot range. Every time somebody's zigging, you zag. If you really want to play Rory, if you're committed to Rory, play him. I'm not telling you not to play Rory. Just commit to him and go put him in 50% of your lineups. And then your next guy in, don't make it, you know, somebody else, Chucky. Don't make it Matthew Fitzpatrick. Make it uh, Sebastian Munoz. Somebody like that. And when you do that, then you can eat a little bit of chalk and still be different and still have the leverage on the field you need to actually have a real shot at winning the GPP. 
All right, I want to talk about the giveaway real quick, and then I will go to Q&A. Here we go, the giveaway. All you have to do, well, first, I, I guess I should tell you, and don't forget, this is sponsored by my dude, Scott. Scott, thank you again. This is very cool of you. What we're going to do is all you have to do is go leave a comment on this actual YouTube video, not in the chat over here. Go leave an actual comment down there. And uh, I just want you to say something. Uh, you can say, uh, tell me one guy, one donkey chalk you're fading. So go leave it in the actual comments and make sure you leave your Twitter handle on there. And then if you do that, you leave your Twitter handle. So then I can go cross check it with actual Twitter retweet uh, this show. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one winner. There's already been like 30 people. Don't, if you're like only one, well, I'm going to do it again Friday. I'm going to do it again Saturday. So there's going to end up being three winners. And what you're going to win, if you're, I'll do it live on the show so you can see no cheating. I'll do it Friday night on the show to see who the winner is. If you win the drawing, you are going to get a $100 lineup into the Millie Maker next week for the US Open. But what I always see people do is they just like send you a hundred bucks. I'm not just going to send you a hundred bucks and you can just go pound McDonald's for a week. It ain't going to happen. I want it to actually go towards this content. So what we're going to do is I am going to put a $100 lineup in the millionaire maker for you. And you and I, me and you are going to make the lineup together. We're going to, we're going to put our heads together and we are going to collaborate to make a really good lineup. And yes, I've already okayed this with DraftKings. So don't worry. Like you can't do that. Yeah, I can. I already talked to him. And we're going to make that lineup together. And whatever that lineup does, me and you are going to split it 50-50. So if that lineup wins a million bucks, me and you are going to be happy AF. Okay? I'm going to do three of these. We're going to do one tonight, or we're going to do one Friday, uh, the drawing Friday, one Saturday, and one next Wednesday for the show. So make sure that you are retweeting this show on, tw on Twitter, and then leave a comment here on YouTube, and make sure that you are leaving your uh, uh, donkey chalk selection and who you and what your Twitter handle is. So I can go cross check to make sure you retweet it. And you left a comment here. If you did that, you're in the drawing. And I bet it's only going to be like 30 or 40 people because you know, people don't do this stuff and that's a hundred bucks and you get to work with me and maybe I'll teach you a thing or two. Maybe you'll teach me a thing or two. I don't know. All right. That is it. We are. All right. We got some weird stuff going on here in the uh, comments. So I'm going to go to questions now. Uh, we'll try to keep this to 15, 20 minutes and then we're out of here. Okay. Uh, a little bit early. Hey, thanks for being here early, Kevin. Uh, 560 subs. Get me to a thousand. I, I agree. Smidge. Uh, all right. We got to talk. Somebody wants me to talk about this dude. Uh, I already talked about him. Got her up. Once again, I'll tell you this, play him. If you think, if you like him, I think he is a good play. If you think he will be 4% owned, he is a good play. If you were seeing that he's going to come in at like more than nine or 10%, I start to think that it's just a, it's just a game theory play to just fade that. So I, I, that's what I would do. There's your answer. Am I, do I know what his ownership would be? No, he's kind of a random, you know, late addition. Uh, all right. Yep. The party has started my friend. Thank you. Give us your favorite cheapy. I guess my favorite cheapy, uh, guy, I, I guess we're going to call it cheapy. Anybody under, uh, 7,000. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll just do a complete punt here. A complete punt. Give me, um, you think I'd already have these ready. I think I'd already have these ready. My favorite cheapy is going to be definitely not Vaughn Taylor. You know what? I hate myself. So I will go with Wesley Bryan. Okay. But just know, play at your own peril. I'm going to go down with that ship, but that doesn't mean you have to save yourself. Uh, all right. Uh, just checking in. Hello, Israel. Um, I'm playing 125 lineups and the $5 and 50 and the 20. I want to play Cam Smith at 13.1% ownership. All right. This is a really good question. So if you have Cam Smith and 13.1% of your lineups, or he's, that's what you're projecting him to be on. I think he's going to probably be closer to 18 there, uh, Nick. 
if he does come in at that, you need to be twice that. So if he's going to be 18, I think you need to have him in 36% of your lineups. But remember, when you're playing in different values, like you're playing a $200 single entry, some 20s and some fives, when you put him in that $200 entry, think of it as your total amount that you're in for that week. So if you're doing $1,000 in lineups this week and you have Cam Smith in your $200 single entry, that right there alone puts him at, you're already at 20% exposure. Yes, he may not be in 20% of your lineups, but he will be 20% of your exposure as an actual money you're in there. So, you know, like if you put him in your $200 single entry and you put him in like 10 of your, uh, 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 10 of your $20, well, now you have 400 of your thousand dollars with Cam Smith in those lineups. So you're already 40% exposed to him. And then you wouldn't even have to play him in the $5 and you would still have leverage on him overall. Hope that makes sense. Ready to knock out some hoedowns this week. You know, I will be back Friday night for round three and Saturday night for round four. What's up, Dustin? Glad to see you. Thank you for being here. You just dodged me on the playground. Uh, that sounds like something I would do, Tyler. Pretty sure I just beat you at two games of force, and I'm still here doing my show. You definitely are very helpful. Thank you, Nick. Uh, great to see your pod. Hey, great to see you here, brother. Help me get second in the GPP last week. Caleb, you legend. Uh, I hope I gave you a shout-out. If not, I definitely did not mean to ignore you. Send me that screenshot. I'll get it up for you. Fortunately, I love to watch, but I got to run. Uh, NBA stream. What's M- NBA? Never heard of it. Uh, lock is less than an hour. Okay, I understand. Uh, Buttersworth, appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you, Mr. Butterworth. Uh, Scott's a legend. Where are we on Lipsky? Great question. Lipsky is going to be chalk. Am I playing that Lipsky chalk? Not a chance in hell. Um, to me, like that's just I just make my living off fading those guys. Is there a chance he's going to get T two and I'm going to go completely? Uh, you know, I'm going to lose all my lineup. Sure. Sure. That could happen. But you know what? Like, and more often than not, it, it, ban, it, it works out to just fade those guys. So that's where I'm at on Lipsky. I'm not going to die on the Lipsky Hill. Trust me. And maybe he only comes in at 8%, but even at 8%, there's a whole bunch of other guys right around 7,500 that I like more. Um, you see, I got some of them starred right here. And by the way, just cause I haven't started doesn't mean that's who I'm playing. Uh, it just means guys I'm considering. Mm, Let's see. Thank you for those kind words. Let's do it again. Amen to that, Big Uncle Nick. What time is Locke in Oklahoma in the morning? That's a good question, Tyler. Uh, go look at DraftKings. It'll tell you. I, I would imagine it's probably going to be like 630 because we're an hour behind them. Uh, hello from Canada. Hello. Hey, wait, hold on. I don't have a Canadian voice. Hey, thanks for coming, E. No, that's that's more Minnesota, Wisconsin, E. All right. Um, live, you good? All good. Oh, there, that's when our show crashed. Sorry about that. Even when I think I'm doing things right, it still gets fucked up. Uh, good on my end. Fitzpatrick is chalky this week. Yes, I think he is, which sucks. Cause I really wanted to play him. My dude, Andy with his preview, Andy lack, uh, with his, uh, preview definitely got me all excited about Fitzpatrick, but now he's coming in at 20%. I probably, I might choose, he might, I'm going to choose three guys up there. And if I think they're all going to be over, you know, 18%, I guess all chalk is basically relative at that point other than Rory. So I might choose him as one of my three. I might. Probably Scotty Scheffler because, you know, best player in the world at lower ownership than all the other ones. Okay. Uh, Patrick Rogers. Yeah, no, we don't play Patrick Rogers. Uh, so playing chalk players like Todd in a single or a three max to differentiate elsewhere. Here's a great rule to remember on single entry. Don't ever play chalk because like it is such a chalk. Um, uh, 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 concentrates in single entries and three maxes because everybody's like, Oh, I got to get my one guy that I really like in there. So I've got to make sure Brendan Todd's in there. So in single entry and in a uh, 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 three max, that's the perfect time to really, really zig when everybody else is zagging, just do it. And it will pay off more than not because instead of doing uh 8,200 Todd, just go put Hogard in there. And he's literally in a single entry. I shit you not. He will be one fifth the ownership of Brennan Todd. 
Are you telling me he's five times less likely to do well? Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, go throw Mark Hubbard in there. Thank me later. Okay. Yes. Might Brennan Todd outscore Mark Hubbard? Sure. Is he going to outscore him three times as often as Mark Hubbard outscores him? Not a chance in hell. And in a single entry, that ownership is going to be concentrated. Uh, 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 he's from Europe, basically Canada. Thank you, butters. Uh, thought this type of build this week seems like stars and scrubs will be the most common. Yeah, that's a great point. How have I not talked about this, Dustin? This is going to be a stars and scrubs week. That's why I really said that when you want to build and start getting contrarian, really start looking at this Munoz, Mitchell, Rose, Tigala, that's going to get overlooked because everybody's going to try to jam at least two, hopefully three guys in here, and then try to skip down to the seven low seven Ks and upper six Ks and finish out their lineup. I don't like those builds at all. So go ahead, go star and scrub it. Plus, I don't want to be playing a bunch of two uh, two V2s where I got the same four guys as everybody else. I want my lineup to be completely different so I have six chances to have leverage on the field. Remember, everybody's guessing this week. Everybody is guessing. Don't forget it. Uh, thoughts on this type of build? This one, I already answered it. Oh, wow, we got some sex state. Wow, okay. Cool stuff to be in there. Moving on. Love the content. Best out there. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Fitzpatrick heavy chalk fade. I don't know that. I don't know if like he's so heavy. The what I'm keep trying to say is like everybody female up seems to be relatively chalky. Even Hatton, who I thought would be like the sneaky pivot. He seems like he's even getting up to like 15 or 16%. I'll agree. He'll probably be the lowest, but not so much that he's like this out of this world pivot. I'm getting him at half the ownership as female. I don't think that's going to be the case. So I would say up top, pick your two, three, even four guys, depending on how many lineups you're doing and commit to them. Okay. Commit to them. Just like marriage. Um, damn, that's pretty cool. Fitz, Von Taylor. Uh, yeah, JT, yeah, Von Taylor. You must hate yourself if you're playing Von Taylor. I'm t- I'll play him too, but I hate myself. Uh, single lineup, uh, single lineup player. Smart to leave more than one K on the table. Man, I have a, I have a strong belief on this, Kevin, and it is not what everybody else says. Do not leave $1,000 on the table. Don't do it. That's really bad, especially in a week like this where the players down at the bottom are hot garbage. That whole leaving $1,000 on the table, that was only ever created for all these donkeys that play all the chalk, and they have to differentiate themselves. They're like, I'll just leave $1,000 on the table. Don't do that. You're telling me right now you have $1,000 left on the table, and you have a lineup with, like, um, I don't know, uh, Keith Mitchell in it, right? And instead of Keith Mitchell, you could have Sam Burns. Like, what, what are you doing? What do you do? Why would you do that? That is such a better play, like infinitely a better play that you're leaving that thousand. The most I ever leave on the table for a week long is about three to 400. Because usually once you get up to over 500, there's noticeably better plays 500 above them. Now in showdown, sometimes I'll leave like six to 800. But the more money you leave on the table, you're really just doing that to differentiate, differentiate yourself from the field. But don't do it at the expense of having worse players. Don't do that. It's bad policy, man. I, 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 will, I will fight people over this. Um, wondering, overlooking. Yeah, so yeah, tomorrow there definitely is a little rain and cold in the morning with that weather. So keep an eye on that. Rain and cold could box it out. I told you I'm not playing the weather. I think that these gusty winds will probably cancel out the cold and the wet in the morning. Um, don't get cute with the weather. Just, just, you know, if you're going to do weather, do all six, you know, a.m. p.m. guys and then some all six of six p.m. a.m. guys. That would be my advice for you. Um, Lipsky chalk, not a chance in hell. Uh, wait, I feel like we're answering these. Wait, did my questions disappear again? Who is this people on whatever? Uh, who is the one guy you're definitely playing? Scotty Scheffler. 
There you go. One guy. Great, great point. See, I don't even know my own shtick yet. The one guy I'm definitely playing is Scotty Scheffler. You know, I, I, I feel like he's, um, I, I found this really sneaky stat on him that made me want to play him called he's the best fucking player in the world. There you go. Um, Matthias Schwab. Uh, I'm in, I'm in. I, I, any, any rando Euro that's going to be low owned this week, give them to me because no one's going to be on them. Doesn't fit the narrative. Do you predict Rye over 10%? Uh, yes, I definitely do. Rye, I thought might hold on at like 12%, but now with CT Pan being gone, people are just going to naturally drop down that 200 to Aaron Rye. He will be at least 14 to 15%. And for me, with other guys in that range, I'll go elsewhere. Thoughts on Poston? Um, I liked him. I had him starred. Initially, he was one of the first guys that I uh, was attracted to when I was making my model. However... It does seem like he's kind of the most popular guy in that range, like eight to 10%. And I had to ask myself, do you love JT Poston so much that like, you don't want to pivot off of him? And the answer for me is probably, no, I do not. No, I do not. I love, I love JT Poston. Like, like, you know, like, like wet socks, you know, not very much. Do I like round one showdown this week? I don't, I don't feel like there's a clear edge as somebody pretty smart just up there pointed out. It's pretty low. Uh, It's going to be pretty cold and pretty wet in the morning. And so we don't, even though the winds are going to be lower, how much is the rain and the cold going to affect it? Whereas in the afternoon, yeah, it's a little gustier, but it's going to be warmer conditions and no rain. So you're just basically guessing. I don't play round one or round two showdown unless I see an edge. I don't see one. Maybe Friday there's going to be one. We'll have to see. Uh, Do you think the chalk lineup construct, what do you think the chalk lineup construction is this week? Man, what a great question. Let's see. Let's have some fun here. Let's go enter this $5. Five dollar. Uh, all right, let's see. Chalk lineup. What's everybody gonna do? Hurry up. Uh, everybody is going to go Rory McIlroy. They're going to go Matthew Fitzpatrick. No, I like. I, I just think Corey Connors is gonna be more popular. You know why? Because he's from Canada, and this is taking place in Canada. Morons. Um, let's see. Who else? Uh, I guess Aaron Rye. You got to get, where's my chalk? No, oh, no, no, no. Brennan Todd. Got to get Brennan Todd. Can I get Todd in there? Brennan Todd. How much I got left? 6,900. I might be able to make this work. Give me Svensson. You know, I need my Svensson. Oh, this is going to be close. All right. Maybe we drop Aaron Rye. Was there somebody else that was chalky in here? Yeah, I'm kind of struggling here. Uh, maybe, what can I do with old Doug Gim? Doug Gim gets me 7,600. Yeah, that's not super chalky though. Let's get off Gim. Go find somebody at 6,700. There you go. That's the chalk lineup. Oh, uh, oh, I can't put Vaughn in there. That would have been clutch. And then some rando at 6,700. Did I just did I just bail out on that question? Yeah, I kind of did. Deal with it. Because I feel like those are the really popular guys there. Uh, ooh, nope. I got it. Here we go. Instead of Connors, we're going to put in Fitzpatrick. And now we go put in that 6,300 dude. Uh, what's his name? Oh, got her up. There he is. Boom. There's your chalk lineup. You're welcome. Am I going to play any of those guys? Maybe, but not all of them, and certainly not in the same damn lineup. All right. I think that's it. I think we're I think we're right at an hour. This has been awesome. Thank you guys all for being here. Be back here Friday night for the live drawing. Don't forget to go retweet this on Twitter. Leave a comment, not over here in the little questions, but on the actual video itself, and just leave your Twitter handle there. If you do those two things, I'll cross-reference you. I'll put your name in a big drawing. Friday night, you're going to win a chance at a $100 ticket into the Millie Maker where me and you are going to make a ticket and go split a million dollars together. It's going to be all kinds of badass. I'll be doing another drawing for that show Friday and one for the Saturday show. So keep coming back. Keep being here. And when you do that, you're going to get a chance to win a million bucks with me and make the lineup with me. 
Uh, if that doesn't sound cool, well, then don't do it. I don't give a shit. Some people think it's cool, and we'll have a good time, and you don't have to be there. Thank you all for being here. I will see you, uh, what, Friday night for round three showdown, uh, Saturday night for round four. It has been real. Enjoy my awesome outro. We'll see you guys. Good luck this week. Give me some time, just a little bit of time.